0: War never changes, War. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever give the definition of insanity?
1: you. If
0: I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do.
1: Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you.
0: Hey, hello my friends, welcome to Let's Talk Video Games. I'm your host, Walter Nunez, and today I'm joined by an amazing artist. He's a musician that has worked for the National Film Board of Canada, had his music used in commercials of Samsung, Microsoft, and Instagram, and has now incurred into film directing with his award-winning short film, The Botanist. Today he will be mostly talking about his work in the gaming industry with Thunder Lotus games and more specifically Spirit Farrier. Allow me then to introduce Max LL to the show.
1: Hi, Walter. How are you? Hi, yeah. how are you?
0: Fine, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm well.
0: I'm I'm very happy to hear that I'm very, very happy to have you here. I probably played around two hours of Spirit Farer before noticing that. Um, the story and the music, the original soundtrack, was something else. It was honestly it was so touching. And since that moment, I've been streaming your music almost daily.
1: Oh, thank you. Thanks for the kind words.
0: Uh, well, so I think the best way to start this interview is by asking how how did you start making music for video games in the first place?
1: Um good question i guess it's i think everything is tied to to you know thunder lotus as a studio because um i had already started making music for for films when my friend william decided to start his own video game company and and will uh he's the ceo of thunder lotus games and uh that company that he was starting at the time became thunder lotus and we had been friends since high school. Uh, we used to play in a progressive rock metal band together, actually. Uh, oh, he wow. was playing drums and I was playing guitar and singing. Um, and, you know, when he started this, wanted to start you know, this first project uh, for, for that game studio, I was already working in music for picture. And it was sort of natural for me to step in and collaborate with him on the studio's first game, uh, which was Jotun or Jotun. So yep. that's where my journey in video games started and it was a really thrilling experience writing music for, for that game and it sort of got me started and, you know, I think it's an amazing, it's an amazing industry in so many ways um, and in terms of music as well, it really allows for an opportunity to write music that sometimes is not found in other media. Um, yeah, so that's how I got started in video game music.
0: That's pretty cool. I, I, I love the idea of having you um, collaborating with your friend. Um, I mean, you've worked with uh, Thunder Lotus for three games now, right? Uh, it's yes. Spirit uh, Spiritfarer, Jodan, and Sundered. Yes. Uh, which one of those has been the most difficult to create music for?
1: Um. Good question. I think... Um... It's kind of hard to say. Like, I think every game was really a pleasure. It was a pleasure to sco- score every single one of those games. Um, I'm really happy with the collaborations we've, we've had over the years. Um, I think the most, uh, the most difficult one was definitely Sundered, but maybe not for the reasons that you would think. The thing is that Sundered is sort of a mix between sci-fi and horror. It's a platforming yeah. game. Um, it's pretty intense and the, it's a really dark game. And for me to be able to write music for that, I have to be able to put myself in the mindset of the character in the game and, you know, the mood of the game. And it's a really dark place to be in and spending so much time writing, writing music for that game and spending so much time in that dark space was like a bit more difficult on a personal level for me. I know some composers are absolutely, uh, absolutely thrilled, you know, uh, you know, in spending a lot of time in the horror genre. But for yeah. me, it, you know, it takes a lot of energy from me. And uh, so that's, that's why Spirit Fair was so refreshing because it was sort of, in a way, the complete opposite. It's all the way um, positive emotions, but not like happy, simple, positive emotions. There's a lot of nuance in the emotional complexity of the characters. And it allowed me to explore a musical style that's really close to me and that I like a lot. Um, and there was more music to compose for Spiritfarer than any other game. There were a lot more challenges in terms of like, you know, integration and, you know, really this, the subtlety involved in the emotion you have to, to, um, sort of transmit, um, uh, in the game, the emotional complexity of the characters and of the moments, but it made it all the more interesting and stimulating. So even though there were some challenges there that we hadn't had before, um it was it was a complete joy from start to finish and you know I could keep working on games like that you know indefinitely and still feel good you know and yeah so that was really interesting although it was challenging it was it felt really good working on Fair and the team.
0: That's great uh so you are not really into creating um uh soundtracks for horror games or stuff like that Oh,
1: i mean i loved my experience with thunder and i i'm really happy with the music that i wrote for that game i think it's it was um, great yeah it's uh, i really i'm really happy with it but i think what i'm saying is that you know when you're working on a game you spend a lot of time in that world and i would Mm -hmm. not be able to do only that you know to score only horror um i would have to be able to you know compartmentalize those experiences for a specific set of time um you know to be able once in a while to you know come out of the water and take some air you know it's but it's it was thrilling definitely I mean it was a great experience I just I wouldn't be able to do it full-time scoring horror. Yeah. that's what I mean yeah
0: that makes sense yeah it's it sounds very difficult um emotionally uh well, so every, not, yeah I yeah. just
1: like yeah you know not everyone is I don't know for me personally i need to really get into the music and get into the mood to really understand the project uh not everyone has to go through that process when they're making music or scoring projects but for me it's just uh, i need to be able to do that for the music to be honest and yeah so it can be sometimes a bit more emotionally draining
0: yeah that that makes complete sense to me and talking about that how does the process for making video game music work? Like, do you talk with the team during um, development or they have like pretty much everything done and then you come in and create music for that? They create uh, the game kind of um, around the music or h- how does that work?
1: Yeah, yeah. Good question. Um, I think it really depends on the project. Yeah. Um... In an ideal world you would have everything finished in the video game the artwork and the gameplay and then you would score it so that you know all the pieces of the puzzles are together for you to figure out what what's really needed musically but it's impossible to do that because um the making of the game spans through of a game spans through through several years in the case of spirit fairy was between two and three years and a lot of content is added in the last few months Um, and even, you know, I was writing some final cues for Spiritfarer, maybe a week or two before the game was officially released. So you have to be able to write music progressively, um, for a project like that. So as soon as like a certain part of the game or a certain level or certain section of the game is sort of pretty well sketched out, um, you can start writing music and that sort of sets a pace for the rest of the game. And, you know, you're trying ideas and stuff and see you see what's, you know, what really works for the game and for the pace, for the mood. And that al- allows you to set, you know, set a direction for the rest of the music of the game. So it helps to make it, um, to make the music as the game is being developed. So for Spiritfarer, if you want me to be more precise, I yes. t- the, the first cue that I wrote is the track uh, called Spiritfarer uh, in the soundtrack. Which is sort of the main theme suite. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that in winter 2018. And there was very little of the game that was, you know, it was very early days in the making of the game. Like, conceptually, the concept was there and there was like some base artwork. But, you know, it was, I'm gonna say, it was very early in the process. Um, but doing that allowed us to be like, okay, this is an interesting direction for the game, for the music of the game. And it ad- it ended up working, even though we were in the early stages of the game, that musical direction ended up working for the rest of the game as well. Um, so that's, you know, making those, those, you know, developing those themes early on, even if you only have like rough artwork or rough gameplay, uh, it helps to set a direction for the rest of the game. And after that, through the following months, I wrote a few cues. I mean, they had like the level that's the, the level that's called Hummingbird in the game. Uh, mm, yes. They had you know the basic gameplay in the, uh, on the boat, so I was allowed, you know, I was able to write music for that. Um, and then progressively, as they were adding things, I was waiting for them to have um, sort of a rough sketch of a let's say a, a place on the map. Uh, and then I would I would start writing music for that, send it to them. Sometimes there would be there would be back and forth, trying new things to see what works. So it's really sort of a it's like kind of a slow process of pr- you know making music part time for a game like that over the course of maybe you know sixty to seventy percent of the production, and then wow. during the last twenty to thirty percent, you make a lot more music because the production is near its end and a lot of stuff is being added to the game and, you know, you have to ship it. So, um, it's like, it was part-time for maybe yeah 70 to 80% of the production. And then, uh, during the last 20%, namely the last three months, um, it was like almost full-time making music almost full-time more full-time.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That's, that's amazing. I, I would have thought that you did, uh, like pretty much full-time all during all production. But well, it does make sense to have you know more waiting for have to have more um, part of the gameplay or the stuff done before before creating um, an original soundtrack for it.
1: Yeah. Well, it depends. I think every game is different. Every composer works differently. Um, I mean, sometimes it happens that you think something is going to work, but since you know a certain moment of the game is very early on, and the you know it's if it's only. Um, a lot of stuff ends up changing. So you might think that something will work at the beginning, but then the way the gameplay unfolds changes and then that changes the direction of the music. So yeah. sometimes you you have to you don't get things right on first pass because things end up changing, so you have to be able to adapt to that. Um, so yeah, that's what I'd you know, but I think every project is different. Some games you could probably score the whole thing. Um, you know, a month or two before the end of the production. Some other games you have to, like, work consistently full-time because there's a lot more music to write. You know, if you're working on a triple A title, you know, there's sometimes several hours of music. So I guess you probably have to work full-time on that over the course of a few years to be able to make it through. Yeah. It wow, that's on the impressive.
0: Game. Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. Uh, talking about the songs... um. It's my understanding that the voice for the song uh, What Will You Leave Behind, the one of the end titles, yeah. is sung by your partner and I, I'm sorry if I butcher the pronunciation, <laughs> Mod Plant Hussarouk?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's how you uh, say in English. In French, you'd say mode Plant Hussarouk. Oh, yeah. damn. But that's that right. Really no, hard. Yeah, no, you, no, no, no. You got it right. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry <laughs> Thank <about> you.
0: It. <laughs> yeah. um, so I have two questions um, on this regard. First of all, uh, I think it's the only song with kind of a lyrics. Well, that yeah. one and um, uh, yeah, I think it's the
1: only one. Yeah, there are two, um, like there's only one song, but there are two versions of it. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. There are two versions of it. Uh, so which version was done first? The one with Mod or the one with uh, I think it's Timber?
1: Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, there's an interesting story behind the song. Um, so we started feeling like we would need a song for the game because Thunder Lotus decided to, to, to make an animated trailer, a custom animated trailer, to outsource this to a, a studio, an animation studio called uh, Knights of the Light Table. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted to put together this animated trailer for the launch of the game. And we sort of knew that because of the nature of the, the animation and the kind of trailer, it would be that we would need a song for the game. And we explored different avenues, but in the end, uh, we decided to go uh, forward with a custom custom song. And uh, so I had to write the song in the middle of the pandemic. Wow. Uh, well, during the peak of the pandemic. Um, yeah. And that was in, I think, April or May. And things were pretty intense here in Canada and everywhere around the world. And there was a lot of cer- uncertainty regarding, like, what we were going to do in terms of collaborations um because you know we couldn't bring people into the studio at that point to record yep. um and because of the style of the animation we knew like i knew personally that i wanted something for the music uh, to be a little bit like uh, a mix between broad broadway musical and sort of more classical music uh, yeah. maybe a little bit of pop uh the and you know the music the orchestra was going to follow What was happening on screen and i wanted a singer to have that quality in her voice you know to to have a more a voice that would fit you know in the orchestral context that could really cut through um all the orchestral instrument and feel at place there um and that's why i asked timber i had met her before in an event in the uh, in nashville in the united states And, uh, you know, I was a big fan of her music like I I met her. She told me about her album, which is uh, she has an album called Sun and Moon. It's an Mm -hmm. amazing album and it blends really well. Sort of more classical orchestral music with uh, more contemporary pop. And I think her voice does that well. And I had written the the music uh, for it to be sung by a soprano. Um, So I think, you know, I think her her voice was perfect for the for the project. So I I wrote her and I I asked her if she was interested in the project. She was. And we ended up collaborating, um, you know, remotely from a distance. So she set up like a recording, um, some recording gear at home, uh, sung in her closet. She would send me takes. (laughs) I would send her feedback. And we were really able to make it work. And I was super happy with the result. Um, I think she did an amazing job. It's just that when I was presenting the song, the original song to the team, I wanted them to be able to, because we were hiring a a singer remotely, there was a lot of uncertainty regarding the ability to record, you know, from a distance. I wanted to convince them that, you know, we needed um, that that song, the way that song was the right one, the right approach. And when you're doing that, it's easier to record a demo, you know, to present to them a demo and to be able to, for them to really envision what it's going to be when a singer is going to be singing. And, uh, you know, I was in lockdown with my partner mode at the time and I was like, could you sing on this for the studio to have? I, I mean, um, uh, my, my, uh, my partner mode, she's not a, a, si- a professional singer or a musician, but she comes from a musical family. She has an amazing ear and a really nice voice. Um, yeah. and I knew that, but you know, she had never done it professionally. So I'm just like, um, Could you record this demo for the team to hear and so she recorded the demo and you know they loved it you know they really loved her voice Um, in the end her voice was not the right kind of voice to cut through an orchestral arrangement but you know they still really liked sort of the warmth of it so what i said is like this her voice is not the right one uh, for this particular arrangement but if we have time late in the production we can do like a more a softer version that would fit Uh, with her voice for maybe the end credits a softer version of the of the song yeah um and that was still you know we put that that idea on on ice uh we recorded the version with Timber. She did an amazing job everyone was super happy um that version ended up on the trailer uh, the animated trailer for the release of the game yeah um and maybe like two weeks before the end of production uh we needed a song for the credits and I, you know, we, we, so me and my partner, Mode, we decided to, you know, try our hand at recording and making like recording that, that new version of what will you leave behind. So I wrote an extra verse for the song. Uh, I made a sort of another version of the arrangement that's much slower, um, with much softer dynamics. Mm -hmm. And we did a recording session, um, you know, uh, a few hours in the countryside we sort of put together a little setup to record and recorded for a few hours I sort of selected the best takes we sent that to the team Um, I think you know a day after that they loved it and we integrated it to the end credits maybe like a day before the the game was to be shipped.
0: Wow! (laughs) So
1: that was a last minute thing but I think I think it you know people really like this version of the song as well It's a completely different version, but it's, I think it's, um, the emotion really comes through as well in this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I love that one. I think it works perfectly with the ending of the game. Like it just continues with that um, kind of emotion that you're getting from the gameplay. And the end character is just like, oh, god damn, that's so good.
1: Yeah, it that was, was, the idea.
0: was. I thought it was the opposite way. I thought it was. I don't know. It made sense to me that Mod's version was done first than Timbers, but yeah, well, that's, it's interesting but, to see the other thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I said. You know, sometimes uh, game production is not linear. Um, so the first need we had was for music to be written for the animated animated trailer, which had to be done several months before the release because they had deals with and partnerships with yeah. Um, you know, other like Nintendo and PlayStation or whatever, you know, every, all the marketing material had to be ready, uh, a few months and a few, few weeks or a few months in advance. Um, and the, the song for the end credits credits was not a priority at that point, you know? So we sort of tackled that at the end of the process when, you know, I had, I had completed all the music, all the in game music and had a little bit of time at the end of production to, to arrange a new version of the song.
0: That's amazing, and it worked so good. So that was, I think, it was a great choice.
1: Thank you, Walter.
0: And um, the other song I'm really interested into is "Choo Choo," which yeah. is the one you know on the um, on the station. That I think is probably the most different uh, to all the songs on the on the um, original soundtrack. I think the general vibe of the music is more of. A, I don't know. I'll say probably like sentimental, emotional kind of a slow um, yeah. vibe of the of the whole thing. Yeah. But Choo Choo is just like really um, dynamic. You know. Yeah. How did you approach that? How, how did you decide? How do you decide to create one song that completely breaks with what has been done with the other uh, with the other uh, songs on the on the soundtrack?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a funny one. I mean, um, you know, whenever I was going to, you know, whenever I, I approach writing for a certain character, for a certain moment of the game, um, I always have a discussion with the creative director, Nicolas mm-hmm. Guérin-Nico. And, you know, I, I asked Nico what was the idea behind Alex the Seal, what was his personality like? And he described me this kind of super annoying, <laughs> uh, simple character, a bit foolish, but really hyperactive. Yeah. Um, so I wanted the music to reflect that and experimented a little. You know, I thought I thought I'll try something that's completely different from the rest of the music. Music that's written. You know, it's fun doing that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I could have gone with the normal, you know, orchestration and theme and trying to portray sort of his goofiness with more standard instruments. But I think it was sometimes it's fun to have a l- you know to have a little bit of fun with a character. Um. And I think in this specific context and because of the personality of the character, uh, this allowed that. So I thought, you know, having a pretty crazy trumpet that goes off key, uh, (laughs) that has no control whatsoever, uh, some drums that are a bit hyperactive and energetic that stop sometimes. You know, in the animation, Alex is like turning around and, and, you know, um, and stopping. And sort of the idea behind the percussion just sort of starting moving and then stopping again is a bit because of that and uh so we (laughs) you know i tried that i sent it to the team and i was and they loved it you know um they they felt like it reflected the character so our only concern was the first version i did was a bit too hyperactive uh and a bit all over the place and you know since it it repeats a lot then we thought you know people are going to go a bit too crazy you know, if they keep hearing that a lot. <laughs> uh So I did a second pass on the version, which was a little bit, slightly more contained, which I feel works. So it's a bit annoying in the game, but that's the idea. He's supposed to be this kind of annoying character. Uh And in a way, you have to pay the price to be able to teleport to another yes, place on the map, you know?
0: Yeah, that's exactly the thing. The thing, like, you don't like exactly like it i I gotta be honest the first time the first few times i was really annoyed by it It was like why why does it sound so weird
1: yeah yeah, but i have
0: to do it but you end up like kind of liking it like it's (laughs) it grows on you kind of
1: okay that's good to hear like honestly i um i've i don't know it's like we sort of assume that that was going to be the case that he was going to be annoying sometimes you make choices (laughs) like that and you take some risks. And, you know, if the general feedback was that, you know, I can't stand this guy, you have to change it in the game, then we would definitely consider making some changes. But um, I think, you know, in general, people find it funny and yeah uh, annoying, but you know, funny at the same time. So uh yeah, people sort of accept that. We'll see. I, I think it's I, I kinda like, you know, while playing the game, it definitely felt annoying. But that was the purpose behind it. So I'm just like, okay, let's stand by our choice and, you know, see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah, it was it was a, a really interesting experience that that specific song completely took, yeah. took me off guard. Like, was like, what? <laughs> Why? That's yeah, good sometimes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was like changing the pace of the game. It was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Just focus again, kind of. I don't know, it was good. It was really good. good. And in this... Um, the original soundtrack has, I believe, 40 songs, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think so, yes. Uh, so which one of those do you think is uh, the most powerful during gameplay?
1: I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, the the whole process of having to let go the, the spirit that become your friends yeah. is like super emotional, especially when you get attached to certain spirits more than others. And... Uh I think um the whole flow of like letting go is 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 pretty emotional in the game. Yes. So definitely like last voyage um Stella's departure when Stella, when you know Stella's leaving mm-hmm. and of course the song at the end credits. I mean that whole flow of like letting go throughout the game is super emotional. I I it's hard for me to you know talk about one track because I have like sort of a different experience. Um you know, I can't sort of detach the experience of writing, um, and the experience of playing the game, uh, and it's, it's hard for people making the game. You know, it's at some t- at some point, at some point, you don't have perspective on your own game because you spend so much time working on it and you know fine tuning bits and pieces here and there. But yeah. from I've I've been gathering, you know, people have been quite vocal of the tracks that move them. I think, you know, it's something between Last Voyage, Stella's Departure, and what will you what will you leave behind. Those are usually the tracks that seem to really bring something out and, you know, move people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. I think my favorite, I think one of my favorites, I don't know if people like talk a lot about that one, but it's, um. oh man, I forgot the, the name of the song. The one where you are playing uh, to make your plants grow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the soundtrack, it's called Song of Growth. Song of Growth. Yes, yeah, yes yeah, Song yeah. of Growth. Yeah, I love that I, one. Yeah, I heard that uh, like a few times. People seem like like um, there's a there's a musician that did a cover of that song already. I think on YouTube, some people have been covering it on. Um, actually, few musicians have been doing covers of that song. Um, yeah, you're not the only one that that seemed to like that one as well.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a YouTube search later mm-hmm. on. Because I, I like that song. I really like that one.
1: Yeah, if look you look up "Song of Growth" covers, you you'll probably find find it.
0: Uh, so talking about not exactly um music but spirit fairy.
1: Yeah.
0: What is your favorite spirit?
1: Um it's definitely Alice. Oh, yeah. Mine too. Yeah, I mean <laughs> you know, I knew her story before playing the game. We have we had discussions with Nico about her, but you know when I finally played the game, I was like in tears while accompanying her to the village she wants to oh, visit yes. because she never had time for herself during her lifetime to travel and and then she start getting con- she starts getting confused because of age. Oh my God. I mean I <laughs> she reminds me of some people around me as well. I mean, you get you go really fond of her. It's definitely Alice. Yeah, what about yeah, you? I like what why did this character did you relate to that character so much?
0: Uh, I think because I kind of, I I don't know, I feel, I don't know how, but I feel kind of connected to it because yeah. I don't, I, I feel like her confusion and seeing how sad is uh, almost at the end of, of her journey when she has like this little enlightenment and she says like, oh, you're not my daughter, right? Yeah. So like she knows she's getting confused. She knows she's getting forgetful. Yeah. And I don't know, I kind of relate that to my parents and I'm like, damn, I, yeah. I don't want them to to have like that like yeah. that sort of feeling. So I don't know, I was again, I was in tears during that time like so, so much. I know. But the yeah, Alex is my favorite by yeah. far.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh yeah, it's something like so many emotions. I uh, I'm uh, yeah yeah I, I i think you resumed that perfectly like why a lot of people might feel connected to that to that character as well we cannot relate to a situation uh in our families or you know with someone close to us yeah
0: yeah yeah it's hard but that's the thing right that's the most important thing you you get from spirit fair like letting go which is not easy
1: yeah i agree and also compassion and care i think that's really important yeah. as well you know yeah, we're so used to killing stuff in video games. So, you know, this is a totally diff- different approach. It's like actually caring for people and being compassionate towards them, even if they annoy you sometimes. And if you yep. even if you have differences with them, I mean, all the game is based around care, which I find is it's admirable. And it's, yeah, you don't see that too often in games.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And um, so you've worked on commercials, you've worked on uh, films, and uh, you've worked on video games. So, what would you consider to be the most important piece of advice for young aspiring musicians?
1: Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so, I, I think it's discussed a lot. You know, there. I think the most important part um, when you're a young musician starting out is to really explore and find your musical personality. Uh, I think if you are to, to, let's say, work in the video games industry uh, or the film industry or you know, work on, on projects, you really need to have something uh, special to say musically. You know, you have to have developed your own musical personality and your ability to communicate musically uh, before entering the industry even. I mean, you'll refine your skills as, as you go but I think it's it's good to have a head start and, you know, take the first years of your career to do a lot of exploration, develop your skill set, not only as a musician or composer, but also as someone who can, uh, you know, you, can, you, get, you have to get to know the technological tools that will allow you to do music. Nowadays, you have to be able to record your own music and uh, produce it, sequence it and the sequencer use various software. Those are really important uh, tools in today's industry. Um, But that's, you know, sort of pointless if you don't have, if you don't have something to say musically or you don't, you know, like don't wait for the projects to come to you before, uh, before starting to create music, you know, start creating music on your own. Okay. Um, If you're able to create music on your own, this is a good first step to be able to create it for other projects. Um, yeah, so don't wait the projects to come to you. Um, and, you know, whenever the projects come, I think it's really important for people uh, to feel comfortable working with you. It has to be a really enjoyable experience. So be passionate the, uh, about the projects you're working on and be a good communicator um, and, you know, make it enjoyable. Make the, the whole work experience and collaboration ex- experience a, a very enjoyable process for you know, you and your collaborators. So that would be my my advice, yeah.
0: That's a great piece of advice. And um, the last question I have for you, that it's not related to Spirit Farrier. I have a... Yeah. I want to know why did you decide to enter the film industry um, as a director? What made you try that that thing out?
1: Ah, uh, good question. Um so there, I mean, we could discuss this at length, but I think it's um, there's a lot of things you can say musically. Uh, you can express a lot of things, uh, but there are limits to the things you can discuss or express through music. And I was sort of encountering those limits, um, working every day on music and for myself and for others and for other projects. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to be able, I wanted to be able to. Um, bring about hmm how could I say that I wanted to be able to discuss realities that I found realities and issues that I found important and I wasn't always sure that music was the way to do it more often than not I felt that music couldn't do that um, so and since uh, you know I, I had been spending a lot of time abroad and witnessing a lot of different realities gaining perspective on our societies, our world. There are some stories I wanted to tell, and the, the best way to do that was through film. So, me and my partner started, you know, doing documentaries, um, and so we did a first film called uh, "The Botanist," uh, that we film in Tajikistan, which is a small con- country neighboring China and Afghanistan. And now we have two films in production: uh, one short, medium-length documentary that we shot in Nepal last year, and another film that we shot in India. Uh, last year as well, and you know, in the this project has been more of a long-term project that that we've shot over the past few years, and you know, we're sort of in the editing process, uh, post-production process for for both those films. So I'll be investing a lot of time in that in the next months. Yeah,
0: that's that's great. Cause actually, my last question, like very very last, was exactly that. Yeah. Like, what are you working on right now? So you're working on two new films, the one on Nepal and the one from India, right?
1: Yeah, so yeah, there's a film that we shot in Nepal. There's another one that we've been shooting for a few years in India. Um, We'll be working a lot on those two projects uh, in the next months. I have other musical projects as well, personal musical projects and uh, video game scoring and film scoring projects. Uh, And I'll try to sort of find the best way to all make them work in my schedule. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like, next month's will be uh, devoted to documentary films and, you know, sort of starting uh, new scoring projects in film and video games. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. And where can people find more about you? Like, where do you want them to, to find more about your work?
1: I guess there's a good summary of the stuff that I do on my website, which is maxll.ca, um, and you know, they can find stuff on social media. Like my discography is on, is on Bandcamp, maxll.bandcamp.com. If you want to listen to the music, my music is pretty much everywhere where you can listen to music nowadays. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah, that sums it up pretty nicely.
0: Okay. Well, there you have it, my friends. Uh, make sure to follow Max's work closely because this is, this is something else. His work is really good. Uh, everything's from music to to the short film of the botanist is so so cool so uh thank you thank you very much for the interview max i wish you the very best and i hope to see more of your work very soon
1: thank you so much for having me walter and um and you know good luck with the show and everything uh, on your end as well we'll we'll talk again
0: i sure hope so well see you all next time stay safe